I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're continuing our biblical mindset series, and I want to specifically look at surrendering bitterness to God, what the Bible has to say about it, and how making that decision can impact us in an amazing way for the rest of our lives. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that we have a series happening on our Daily Thunder podcast called Spiritual Lessons from Black and White America that my husband Eric is doing, and I have some guest sessions every week as well. It's a really powerful look at American history from early 1900s to the present time and what we can learn about how to live as Christians in such a time as this. So this is really powerful, really eye-opening, very convicting and challenging, and yet so refreshing and encouraging to dive deep into the Word of God and really get a fresh biblical look at the issues of our day. Also, our 2024 discipleship programs at Ellerslie are open for registration. So if you are looking for a season to come away with Jesus and go deeper in truth, consider joining us in Colorado next year for one of our five-week or our week-long programs. You can go to ellersley.com to learn more, or just click the link in this podcast description. Let's talk about what it means to surrender bitterness to God. Probably most of us have experience with being hurt by others, and we've done other episodes on this podcast about how to handle hurt from Christians and disappointment with others, and really walking in the victorious, amazing love that God gives us if we surrender to Him. I specifically want to talk about that root of bitterness that can so easily take hold of us when we feel like we've been and justly treated, whether it's through circumstances or the way someone treated us. And I remember reading in Corey Ten Boom's book, Tramp for the Lord, the story of a very bitter man who was left without any legs after the Second World War. He was just thrown into a set of circumstances that completely changed his life and robbed him of the ability to walk and to live a normal life the way he had lived before, at least. And he was extremely bitter about that. And he would just sit in a corner in his wheelchair and just brood and just stare at the wall and he never smiled and he was just wallowing in bitterness and he was absolutely miserable. And Corey Ten Boom made it a point to visit him and she said, I was never really one for big introductions. So I just straightforwardly said to him, the only way to be free from your bitterness is to surrender it. And then he sort of looked at her with this very hardened face and said, well, that's easy for you to say. You still have your legs. And then she told him the story of how she had been betrayed by someone that she trusted and how it led to the deaths of many of her family members. And she basically had no one left and how she had suffered in a concentration camp and the bitterness that threatened to take hold of her and just choke the life out of her. When she shared the story of how God set her free from bitterness because she made that decision to surrender it to him, this man who had no legs, who was so bitter about his circumstances, really began to think about that. And when she came and visited him in the camp, I think he was in a refugee camp, about a year later, he was a completely different person because he had given his life to Christ and he had chosen to surrender his bitterness completely to God. And he had a purpose in life again. He had joy. He had peace. He was ministering to others. He was outward. They had rigged a car so that he could drive a car with special mechanisms. And he was realizing that God had a tremendous purpose for his life. And instead of wallowing away, 
away in just misery and bitterness for the rest of his days. He actually lived the rest of his life with hope and victory and purpose and joy. And that was what Corey Ten Boom personally experienced when she surrendered her bitterness to God. God mightily used her to transform the lives of countless thousands around the world. There is something so powerful about surrendering bitterness to God and letting him use what the enemy means for evil in our lives to his glory. And yet it is really, really hard to let go of bitterness because the enemy convinces us that if we cling to our bitterness, we will somehow be better off, that it's not okay to let it go, that it's just better to brood over it and stew over it and hold on to it. And I know for me, sometimes the bitterness that has tempted to grab me has been against the way I've been treated by other people. And sometimes the lie can be, you know, if you surrender your bitterness to God, it's like saying what the person did to you is okay, or it's like saying that your circumstances are okay. But the reality is there may have been terrible things done to us, or we may be walking through terrible circumstances. And it's not that surrendering our bitterness is an excuse to say, well, what that person did or what I'm finding myself walking through is is fine. It's no big deal. It doesn't matter. It's saying all of this pain and heartache and despair and grief and hurt that has been caused me, I lay it at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to let him carry this rather than me. So you're not excusing what someone else did. You're putting that burden at his feet instead of carrying it yourself. And God can do such an amazing miracle through us when we choose to surrender bitterness to him. It truly is impossible in our own strength. If you try it, you will definitely fail. And it's very easy to think, well, other people can surrender their bitterness. I just can't. But it's only when God does that miracle in us. And again, in Corey Ten Boom's Tramp for the Lord, she tells such a powerful story of standing face to face with one of the most cruel guards in the concentration camp where her sister died after the war. And he was extending his hand in friendship as an act of forgiveness for what he and others like him had done to people like her. And she could not lift her arm to shake his hand because she was just so choked by that feeling of bitterness that wanted to take over. But then she said to God, I will take the step of obedience and you supply the feeling. And once she said that to God, he did the work through her. He gave her the strength to lift her hand, to shake the man's hand and to offer forgiveness to him. And then he flooded her with an amazing love for this person. God gives us the power to surrender bitterness to him when we simply say yes. It says in Ephesians 4.32 that we are to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave us. It's really easy to forget how much we have been forgiven by God and just hold what other people have done over them. But when we remember the cross, when we remember how much Christ suffered so that we could be forgiven and set free, we realize we cannot hold forgiveness back from others. So I want to talk about how surrendering bitterness to Christ impacts us and gives us a witness and a purpose for the rest of our life. Whereas the enemy wants to use bitterness to stymie us and paralyze us and keep us from stepping forward into our calling, surrendering bitterness has the opposite effect. And one of the ways that I personally witnessed this was when I was in high school, my brothers and I would visit our local nursing home and we would just sit with the patients and talk to them and hear their stories. Sometimes we would bring a guitar and sing some songs for them. And I'll never forget my favorite resident at this one nursing home. Her name was Dolly. She was 87 years old, I think. And she was actually very beautiful, even though she was just wasting away. She couldn't really see very well. She was in very frail health and really 
in the last few years of her life. She was confined to a wheelchair. She spent most of her days just knitting scarves for her great-grandchildren or playing checkers with the nurses, but she was really a beautiful person, and we loved being in her room. Whenever we would come into her room, she just lit up with this genuine smile and said, it's so wonderful to see you, and she would just joyfully hold out her hands and welcome to us. Her body was wasting away, but her mind was sharp. She was funny. She was witty. She loved to be told good jokes or stories, and she loved talking about God. She loved to hear my brothers and I sing worship songs. She was so wonderful to be around, and her joy was really contagious. It was really clear that she had lived a very full and satisfying life, and she didn't have any regrets. I think that was what made her stand out so dramatically from the rest of the nursing home residents that we visited, because so many of the older men and women there seemed to be wallowing in regret and heartache and bitterness. And I remember one woman that I specifically visited who used to be a fashion model. And so you could see in her room these photos of how she had looked when she was younger. And she was very glamorous, very just appealing from a worldly perspective. But now in her old age, there was really nothing left of her physical beauty. And what was on the inside had come to the surface. She was very hard and very bitter. She was always complaining about something. She was always criticizing someone. It was really clear that her life had been a disappointment for all the favor and the beauty that she used to possess. It hadn't provided her lasting happiness. She had held on to bitterness and now it was destroying her. Whereas Dolly seemed to have settled all her accounts. There didn't seem to be anyone in her past that she was bitter toward and she enjoyed the last years of her life to their fullest. Even though she was in a nursing home, it didn't have a lot of family around her. She had some hard situations, but she was fully living her life. But this woman who was the former model carried a lot of painful wounds that had never been healed, people she had never forgiven. She was angry and resentful toward just about everyone in her life, people in her past to the people who were waiting on her now in this nursing home, people who are taking care of her. It was really startling to see the difference between the two women. Whereas Dolly glowed with life and radiance, the other woman was wasting away in bitterness and ugliness. And that's really a lesson I've never forgotten, the power of surrendering bitterness versus the power of holding on to bitterness. Bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness can turn even the most physically beautiful person into a hardened and unattractive person. But by the same token, living in graciousness and forgiveness can transform anyone into someone who is truly radiant and truly stands out because they're shining with the light of Christ. Proverbs 29, 19 says, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. And that is such a vivid picture of a woman who is angry and hardened and bitter, and she's allowing that bitterness to take over her life. And the Bible says, you know, you might as well go to the wilderness than to try to live with a woman like that because she is going to be miserable to be around. She's going to make everybody around her miserable. Now, when somebody hurts us or offends us or does something really terrible to us, our feminine tendency is to adopt that bitterness and that unforgiveness and let it just sort of control how we treat them and how we treat everybody else. For some reason, it's easy for our flesh to convince us that being bitter towards people who hurt us is our God-given right, but really the opposite is true. Christ spoke in very clear terms about the necessity of forgiving, of letting bitterness go. Forgiveness is an essential part of the Christ life. It's not optional. We can't actually have a vibrant relationship with Christ if we hold resentment and bitterness in our hearts. In fact, Christ goes as far as to say, 
that we will not receive forgiveness from our Heavenly Father if we do not forgive those who have wronged us. To be a gracious and forgiving woman is not easy. In fact, it's not even possible without the supernatural enabling power of God's Spirit. But He promises to give us everything needed for life and godliness, which it says in 2 Peter 1.3, and that includes the power to forgive and to surrender any bitterness to Him. Now, as we've talked about in other episodes, forgiveness is not really just a matter of feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision to obey. When we simply say, Lord, I choose to let this go. I choose to give this offense to you instead of carrying it. He supplies the willingness, the love, the compassion that we need to practically live it out. When it comes to a decision of whether or not to surrender bitterness, we need to remember that we ourselves have been forgiven and delivered from an eternity of hell and separation from God. We did not deserve his forgiveness, but he gave it anyway when we received him. And he asked us to do the same in return, even towards those who are not deserving. It doesn't excuse maybe what they have done, but it lays that burden at his feet. And it says, I am no longer going to hold on to this and hold this against you. I want to just share a few really practical ways to live free from bitterness. And these are just very simple things that I have found have been so helpful in my own life to not allowing that root of bitterness to take hold of me when things come against me that take me off guard or hurt me. I remember one time hearing someone say that our humility can be measured by how quickly we admit we are wrong. It's uncomfortable and often damaging to our pride, but if we ask forgiveness from someone, the moment we realize that we have wronged them, we will keep our accounts short instead of allowing a case to be built up against us. We honor the other person by showing that our relationship with them is even more valuable than our pride. In a similar way, the moment that you recognize someone has hurt you, one of the best things that you can do is immediately stop and pray and choose to give that offense back to God. The more that you ponder it, the more you go over and over the scene in your mind, the more opportunity that it has to take root in your soul and plant those deep seeds of bitterness. But if you are quick to forgive, to keep your heart and your conscience clean before God, even if the other person never comes to you and asks your forgiveness, forgiveness is first and foremost an issue between you and God. It's not your job to force someone into a place of repentance that's between them and God. Our job is to love them as Christ loves us and to demonstrate His amazing redemptive love no matter how they act in return. Now, even after over 25 years of marriage, Eric and I have chosen not to carry around bitterness and resentment toward each other for past hurts. This is not because we never hurt each other. After 25 years of marriage, there have been plenty of moments where we've caused hurt to the other person. Our marriage slate is kept clean because we deal with issues as soon as they arise. It's a conflict habit that we developed when we were first married, and it's really made an incredible difference in our relationship because we don't go to bed angry with each other, even if it means we have to stay up all night talking it out and making things right with each other. We really make every effort by God's grace to kill those seeds of bitterness before they have a chance to take root and grow. And that allows us to wake up every morning knowing that things are right between us. So keeping your accounts short is very, very important when it comes to surrendering bitterness and not letting it take hold of you. Another very practical and simple way to keep bitterness from gripping us is to give a gentle answer. As it says in Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When someone speaks rudely, 
rudely or says something insensitive to us, the way that we respond is really critical. There might not be anything more challenging to our flesh, that selfish nature that we have, than to live out this principle of selflessness, unconditional love and forgiveness, and to bite our tongue when a harsh reply wants to burst out, to take a deep breath, to pray for the other person instead, to exude the nature of Christ in the face of rudeness, insensitivity, or cruelty is a supernatural ability that his spirit gives, not something we can muster up in our own strength. A woman who has been transformed by the selfless love of Christ is not going to be easily angered. When we let the spirit of God rule our lives, we don't just fly off the handle constantly when people upset us. We're not a slave to tumultuous emotions. We're not just obsessed with trying to be treated a specific way. We're a lot more interested in the eternal souls of those around us than our own feelings. Now, again, that is not natural to any of us, and it requires the enabling grace of God. I will say as well, in a marriage situation or in any other situation where you are in an abusive relationship, it's important to get help and to step away from that dangerous type of situation. So when I talk about not fighting for your rights. I do not mean staying in an abusive situation. Sometimes people misunderstand that concept, but we can still forgive and not allow bitterness to take root even as we're stepping out of a dangerous situation. As women, we've often been trained to believe that we are slaves to our emotions, that we just cannot help it when feelings overcome us and control what we say and how we act. But contrary to popular belief, That is not true. As Elizabeth Elliot says, we have the grace to obey. And it's a deadly error to fall into the notion that when feelings are strong, there is nothing we can do but act on them. That is a lie from the enemy. Outbursts of anger just wallowing in self-pity and becoming overwhelmed by feelings of bitterness can all be conquered by God's spirit overtaking our inner life. His life and his love are far more powerful than even our most intense emotions. And we're not supposed to be controlled by our emotions, but by the spirit of God. One of the things that helps me most when I think about giving a gentle answer is to remember stories of persecuted Christians throughout the ages. When I think about Corey and Betsy Tenboom's ability to see their murderous prison guards with eyes of compassion instead of hate, or Sabina Wormbrandt, who could love the the person who caused the death of, of her family members, or Elizabeth Elliot, who was able to forgive and serve those who killed her husband, and the list goes on and on. If these women can receive the grace and strength to love even the cruelest of people that cause them the most pain, can we not trust God for the power to let go of, to be honest, much smaller offenses that we may encounter every day? Another practical is to give our bitterness to God. And that's what this episode is all about, surrendering bitterness, laying it at his feet. It says in Hebrews 12, 15, looking carefully, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Whenever we've been hurt or mistreated, we often feel like it's our right to cling to those offenses and to nurse anger and bitterness in our heart toward that person, to see them as a monstrous enemy rather than a person to whom we can show love and mercy. When we allow a root of bitterness to grow within our hearts, as Hebrews says, our inner lives become distorted and defiled. It's impossible to showcase the beauty and the radiance of Christ when we're hosting resentment in our hearts. So we have to let go of our bitterness 
before it destroys us. Don't allow the enemy to gain even more victory from a wound or a hurtful situation by making room in your heart for bitterness. Take your pain and hurt to Jesus. Lay it at the foot of his cross. And just like Corey Ten Boom took the hand of her sister's prison guard that caused so much pain in the life of her sister who died in that concentration camp, it was just a step of sheer obedience to God. We can take that first step of letting the offenses go. We might not feel the gush of emotion toward that person, but we can certainly choose to obey and say, I choose to lay this offense at the feet of Jesus. And trust God to supply the love, the mercy, and the compassion that we need in order to walk in trueness and freedom from bitterness from this day forward. Now, sometimes those old feelings might try to creep back in, but when they do, we simply need to call on the name of Jesus and ask him to cleanse those things away from our heart. It's like a posture of resisting, like, no, I don't receive those temptations toward bitterness and those feelings of hurt and anger. I'm pushing them away by the grace of God. And remember, if he forgives us and casts our sin as far away from us as the East is from the West, that is what we can do towards those who have hurt us. And we can do that by the enabling grace of God. Life is too short to spend it wallowing in bitterness. Even if there are people in your life who seem impossible to forgive, remember, it is not your strength, it is God. Everything you need to find complete freedom from resentment and sincere love for those who've hurt you can be found at the foot of the cross, the one who gave up everything, even though we deeply hurt him. One of the things I have noticed throughout the years is that a woman with true beauty that is lasting, even a woman like Dolly, who can be beautiful and radiant at the end of her life in a wheelchair in a nursing home, it comes from someone who is gracious and forgiving, tenderhearted and compassionate, and who does not keep record of wrongs, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13. If you don't feel like this describes you, I would encourage you to ask God to transform you into a woman who is free from bitterness. Remember, how much he has forgiven you and ask him for the grace to show that same mercy and love towards others. When you habitually forgive and surrender bitterness instead of clinging to resentment and grudges, your life will begin to grow with a radiance, with a Christ-like glow that other people will notice and that will change this world. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into the issue of forgiveness and being transformed by Christ from the inside out, I encourage you to visit us at setapart.org and look at the many articles and resources and online courses and other things that we have for you there on living a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-focused week.